Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode one. Don't live by your past. Don't let it define you. Keep going. Like, that is not who you are. You still have the whole future in front of you. Hello and welcome to the Locala Podcast. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. Our guest today is Jamie Blankenship, and she is the broker and owner of Invictus Real Estate. Before I introduce you to Jamie, I want to thank our sponsor, which is the book Shameless, 15 Women Share Their Journey of Self-Awareness, Self-Love, and Leading with Light. You can find the book with the powerful stories in it on Amazon. So Jamie was originally with us back in February of 2022. Her article is in that particular magazine. And so we're really happy to have her here today. So welcome back, Jamie. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) And in that article, we talked about the personal circumstances that led you to create Invictus. And so before we dive into all of that deep stuff, I just kind of want to talk to you a little bit on the lighter end and ask you how your business is going now from where it was back in February. Wow. So on the lighter side, before you make me cry. (laughs) That's right. We we wait till the end to smear your makeup. (laughs) Um, Gosh, we've just grown tremendously. I am so incredibly blessed and I just am overwhelmed with where we were to where we're at and where we're projected to be. So yeah. I'm just very blessed. I call it blessedly busy, but just <laughs> remain sane. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me um, a little bit about all that your business does. We pretty much do everything. We're a full-blown real estate brokerage company. Um, my area of expertise is commercial real estate. I did that for over 23 years. I opened a residential division when I created Invictus. I think it's been about seven years ago. We do property management on commercial and residential side. We do HOA management. Um, and I'm also doing a 27-acre travel center development. So we wow. cover every spectrum of real estate. Yeah. Um, you started with Publix, yes? I did, in the real estate department. Well, oh. no, I started in the public store as a cashier, and then I got promoted to the back office um, where I was you know, allowed to count all the money. <laughs> it's funny how money just becomes paper when you count it. It's no yeah. longer like yeah. a 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I was promoted into the – Uh, commercial real estate department where I started um, doing property management for the Jacksonville division. Yeah. So you've had, if I remember from the article, over 25 years of experience. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Even though I'm only like 23 years old. Yes. That's it. That's all. (laughs) And holding. And and holding. She started when she was negative two. (laughs) Um. So you hadn't imagined yourself in the real estate world when you were younger. I was one. I sent out a little pre-questionnaire form, and you had said you had never imagined yourself in the real estate world. So what did you imagine yourself doing? When I was younger, I thought I was going to follow in my mom's footsteps. She's a registered nurse and worked in the emergency room, so I was going to be a nurse just like my mom. And that did not happen because apparently I don't like the sight of blood or meat. And, you know... <laughs> 
Yeah, that when would be I a hard out, problem. <laughs> when I blacked out in the emergency room while she was talking to a doctor who was tending to a patient who had an open wound, and he was just a rubbing that brown stuff in there, and then when he did the shot, I relive it like it was yesterday. I hear me stumbling all over myself. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Ugh. Uh, I saw him no passing it, out now. And it was oozy. My body's going tingly, and then he jabbed it with the shot to, I guess, numb it before he was going to stitch it up, and psh, I was done. You were I, done. I blacked out. That's How old were you? Like 12. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was, you know, and then I thought maybe an anesthesiologist because, what, they get paid thousands of dollars for maybe five minutes of their time, but yeah. I you know, that was my shallow brain back then because I know there's a lot more to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. keep me alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but we sign all of our rights away anyway when we're going under anesthesiologist. So what's the risk? A lot yeah. of money, little risk, and, you know. There you go. <laughs> so that didn't work out, though, huh? You no, just kind of decided no. you enjoyed the, the property reality side. and <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I was uh, running from my home and got pregnant when I was 19 and needed a job because I needed insurance. And so I applied at Publix and became a public, uh, cashier at Publix and yeah. then moved up in the ranks. So Okay. Well, we're going to come back to your earlier life. But before we do that, you told me that you missed your calling. So you don't enjoy the sight of blood. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who knows me. So... <laughs> I, I should have been the original Dr. Pimple Popper. Like, <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> like, lipomas and, like, I'll even clean your ear just to see what comes out of it. It's so exciting and <laughs> thrilling to me. I have people that tag me and send me videos, and I am just so satisfied by it. <laughs> I made my 12-year-old watch with me one day. I was like, oh, my God, watch this. It's so cool. Look what comes out. And... He was, he got sick. He was like, Ooh, mom, that's He was disgusting. you in the emergency room. Yeah, yeah. Like, so he, he left. He didn't enjoy the video as much as I did. <laughs> so you, you should have gone into healthcare, just not anything dealing with blood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just other things that ooze. <laughs> <laughs> How can you pass out from, from blood and not all the other stuff that oozes? I think it's satisfying to see something like cleansed. I think that's a part of it is just. I don't know. And, like, have you ever seen the videos where, I don't know, you take a bug out of someone's ear? Like, how gross but intriguing. Like, how did it get in there? And how did they not feel it? <laughs> I don't know. It's different things like that. And then it's clean. Once you pull it all out, it's clean. And then it's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, my gosh, Jamie. <laughs> Okay, so let's dive back into your childhood a little bit. You said that you were born in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. you were raised in Georgia, mm -hmm. and then you escaped. You In the article, you said, I escaped as quickly as I could to Florida. So why, what were you escaping? Why were you trying to get here? And why particularly Florida? <laughs> <laughs> so when someone asks where I'm from or where I grew up, I always say I'm somewhat of a gypsy because I did. I was born in Pennsylvania. My dad was incredibly abusive. Um, and then my mom escaped. I say escaped because we did. We ran. We didn't see my family in Pennsylvania for until I was 18. Wow. So uh, over 10 years and nobody really knew where we were at. Um, so I grew up in Savannah and then I 
Florida was because I got pregnant at 19 and my ex-husband had family in Lakeland and so we went to Lakeland and lived with his grandfather for a bit and gosh what a what a whirlwind what a what a journey yeah yeah so you got married pretty young I did I got pregnant I mean I got married because I was pregnant which was interesting (laughs) because the chapel that we got married at is a bar now (laughs) (laughs) it's like some honky-tonk like swamp dog kind of bar like not one that most people would show up to to have a nice drink at all (laughs) anyway was that like you know kind of looking back you're like yeah that's appropriate or (laughs) kind of yes to an extent but I was such a smart student and I was smarter than that I knew better so it's interesting to see why you make decisions that you do in life even though you know they're not good decisions or healthy decisions but as an adult looking back I don't know yeah yeah you said some of your upbringing like kind of you know was was not that great and as you said you had an abusive father but you mentioned in the article that was what kind of led to some of the decisions that you made in life yeah yeah so um okay so you're you're back at Publix you're a single work are you single at this point are you married at this point when you're working at Publix when I started at the Publix store I was Mm -hmm. married um and my husband was a at the time was a drug abuser Mm -hmm. um and that's something I wasn't familiar with at all. I was athletic and smart and didn't ever, my mind didn't go into that world at all. I mean, I they teach you, you know, don't do drugs at school and have the little program and even make you run for it. So, <laughs> but they don't really truly tell you what it's like to experience someone who is a drug user or abuser or what that world looks like. Yeah. Um, so... I was married and he was an electrician and I was basically there for insurance. So I worked very part time. I was completely dependent upon him and his money. Um, and we were, we were broke and poor. We were both really young. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you wind up leaving that marriage. Yes. Yes. And then you had a second marriage, correct? Correct. Okay. So, and that it was after that second marriage that you wound up starting Invictus. Correct. So, kind of tell me a little bit about that path um, through that marriage, if you're willing. Sure. Um, and what it was like, because as I reread the article and remembered our interview, um, you talked a lot about, you know, it was the first time that you didn't have kids on a weekend and you were trying to figure out this Netflix sitting on the couch and marathoning and binging. Yes. I was kind of bored after like two shows and I thought, how do you sit here all day? Yeah. (laughs) Now I know. Like now I can accomplish that. I got it. You got it down. down. (laughs) But tell me that, that in between, you know, you've, you've started building a career at Publix and now you're going through another abusive relationship. So, some people have a hard time wrapping their heads around why people go go in, get into situations a couple of times. So tell us about your journey with that and and why the smart, as you say, smart gal, driven gal, is finding herself in these situations. So my perception and 
my experience is it's a lack of self-confidence and the abnormal is normal because that's what you know as a child. So, and I truly believe that we all, not all, most of us have grown up with some sort of trauma and it's how we deal with it or the people that are placed in our life to help us get through it, Mm -hmm. um, to overcome it. So I left my first marriage. Um, Again, he was a drug abuser. My account was always negative. There was things that he did I never thought anybody could even think of to do. Mm -hmm. Like I remember Back in the day, you could make a deposit at an ATM, and it would be available immediately, like up to so much. So he was smart enough to figure out that you just put in a empty envelope and put in the ATM that you are depositing a certain amount, and then it gave him money out of it. Even wow. Though that, yes. And I, I thought, wow, if his brain would put that to something legal, <laughs> like we'd be rich. Yeah. Um, but an addict's brain doesn't think that way. They're just looking for their next high or how to accomplish their goals. So I looked to him for direction. That started with just, he gave me attention at Mm -hmm. home. He actually even took me shopping for clothes, which I didn't have good clothes and I was not confident in myself. So anyone who showed me attention and gave me a little bit of worth, I was dependent upon immediately. Um, and then the same thing with this, the second marriage. I didn't have any confidence to leave. What was I going to do? I couldn't pay my bills. I'm in this situation. I now have a child I have to think about. And did I plan on getting pregnant? No. So, but she's a, she's a gift. She was meant to be here. She was a blessing. Um, and she's my everything. So I couldn't imagine life without her. But I was then approached by my second husband who would give me money, let me go get my nails done. And not that any of that is relevant, but when you're struggling and your electric gets cut off every month and you have to go camp out at your sister's house for three days with your kids because, you know, you have to wait until payday on Friday and it's Tuesday. I mean, those things are just functional. Those are just necessities in life. Um, So that's hard. And then you have someone that comes in and is like your white knight in shining armor and they're excellent manipulators. So it's not like you go directly into it knowing what you're getting into. Exactly. Um, you know, he was a rescuer. He was going to make life differently and he loved me and, you know, was going to take care of me and my children. And that's the, that's the image they portray. Um, so that gave me the confidence and not that I had ever intended to, but like even before that, he gave me the confidence of you deserve better. You know, you can do this not knowing what his ultimate plan was. Um, and so I divorced and then obviously he started grooming to date me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was horrible because I remember thinking, wow, this is so wonderful. And then, um, I remember the moment it changed. It was almost like a knife in the heart and it was one moment and I don't remember what he said or what he did, but I was taken back by it. And then it just got progressively worse. So they take a little bit from you each time until you're completely dependent and you have nowhere to go. So let's take a pause for just one moment. I want to thank our sponsor one more time, um, which is the book Shameless. 15 women share their self, their journey of self-awareness, self-love and leading with light. And there's a lot of stories similar to Jamie's like this and women that have come out on the other side of some 
events that they found themselves either in um, due to their situation or um, being bullied, shamed, gaslit, or victims of sexual or domestic abuse. Um, and they're all coming out on the positive side. So if you'd like to read this powerful um, essay of stories, you can go to Amazon and type in Shameless 15 Women and it should pop up for you. All right, let's head back on over to Jamie. So I like how you use the word grooming because that's what it really mm -hmm. is. They're really shaping you. It's, it's, I think that's what the piece that the people that don't understand are missing. Um, and they're, they're preying on your vulnerabilities. They're treating you the way they know you desire to be treated. And then once they have you hooked, it, it's like a little switch goes off and they start changing the smallest things and so that you don't even notice and pretty soon you're in deeper than you expected to be. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so how did you navigate through that relationship and find your way out of that one? So I was pretty dependent for quite a while. I had my own in income and then it got taken from me. Um, and I was completely financially dependent upon my second husband, even though I did all the work. So it was interesting um, to realize looking back and I am married for my third and final time, just so y'all know. <laughs> third time's a charm. That was going to be my theme for the wedding. <laughs> he refused to let it happen. Um, but I don't understand how I allowed to get it to that extent. So, you know, I was responsible for all of the work, all of the cleaning, and all of the laundry, and all of the kids, and I even took him dinner and bed while he watched TV like mm -hmm. I was I was not allowed to watch TV period because there was so much to do and I was considered lazy or I love the word addicted you're addicted to that show um, mm -hmm. so different things like that made you feel inferior or less than um, and you know we had a German Shepherd so if there was hair on the floor or on our clothes we were dirty like there was just so many things that they do to put you down to make you feel like you're not worthy yeah. and that you're not doing enough. And I'm a people pleaser. I, and it used to hurt my feelings. If someone was upset with me, I would do anything to fix that. Um, but I started running actually, I remember, and it wasn't like I planned on leaving him, um, when I decided I wanted to run, but I said, I wanted to have a goal in life that I thought that I needed to work hard towards, because I feel like if you work towards anything, then you're going to accomplish your goal. But I wanted something that I really didn't think I could do. And who, who likes running? Like, that is awful. It's self-induced <laughs> torture and ew. Like, I don't care how athletic you are, running is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought, I don't think I can run a marathon. Like, that's impossible. Short distance, yes, but not a marathon. So I had set a goal to run a marathon. And, um, you know, I downloaded the Couch to 5K app. Yep. Good God. Do you know how far 0.1 miles is? Like, I thought yes. it was a half a block. Yes, because I did that for a year with that app. <laughs> oh, Lord, I thought, you know, I was running. Even downhill, the Grim Reaper is sitting here, like, on my shoulder, like, you're going to die. Stop running. Why, why, are you, why are you still running? I walk faster than I run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just determined. So I kept going, and I eventually ran a half marathon. And something in my brain 
was the goal was you had to run a marathon because anybody can run walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to eventually get back to your car. So once you start, anybody can do the run walk thing. So I ran a half marathon and I had just turned 40 and I refused to buy running shoes because I'm not a runner. And I refused to wear the fanny pack with all the little runner's juices in them because I'm not a runner. But I realized. You were wishing that you had. I wished I had. (laughs) I totally wished I had because it was awful. My body was like, what did you do? (laughs) I have not run. That was three years ago. I have not run one mile consecutively since my half marathon because it beat my body up so much. So I need to get back into it because I still eat like I run oh, half yeah, marathon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, back to the point at hand, the running actually gave me the mental strength to leave the relationship. I knew I was going to be broken. I knew I was going to be financially desolate and that because he was a financial abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that. But it takes mental strength, true mental strength, to realize that you deserve to be happy no matter what. That, you know, gosh, when I would run, I I had rock and roll, Christian. Like, I was praying. I was crying. I was screaming. I was jamming out on my guitar while I was running. Just anything to get through it. And that's the therapy, I think, that gave me the strength to finally leave and realize that I deserve better. Yeah. And so... Tell us again, I know we've covered it in the article, but I want to hear it out of your mouth Um, again. Tell us about how you came up with the name for Invictus. So I was laying on my couch trying to figure out how to Netflix binge. And (laughs) you have no life. When you have kids and your whole being surrounds your children and their care, what do you do with yourself? Like, what do you enjoy doing? And I, I enjoy puzzles and I enjoy reading, but you forget those things in that interim. Um, so I was laying on my couch and I thought, okay, I can, I need to get back on my feet and I can do property management. Not sure how I'm going to get into it, but that would be an easy start. I didn't really know residential real estate very well, um, but I knew property management and I knew commercial. Um, but so, but it starts with a company and I wanted a company that meant something to me, but was also encouraging to other people that when they saw it, it meant something. Um, and I, I don't even remember where I found it or how I found it, but it's the Invictus poem um, that talks about having and finding the courage to keep going when there's no hope. And, you know, it's the phoenix rising from the ashes. And I was in a pile of ashes and I needed that momentum to keep going, that it wasn't hopeless, that put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward. Yeah. So you started um, Invictus, that was about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And, but you just completed your marathon, you said three years ago. So you were driven to get that done. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Uh, no, not a marathon, half, half marathon. Half marathon, half I, marathon. I need to go back and start training on the couch to 5K to get to my marathon. <laughs> With you'll, running you'll shoes, get there. with running and shoes, and the fanny pack, and all the little juices <laughs> that go along with it. Yeah, like, better yet, why don't you get the backpack with the the straw that comes around? I had that. Did it's you... called the Camelback. There you go. Yes, that's better. It is. It is. You want to do it with me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've ran. I have run a five k, and I am good with that. <laughs> 
I know. I need know. a partner in crime, I feel like. Some accountability. Yeah. So. Yeah, you do. I, I wouldn't have been anybody able to do there? it. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to <laughs> run with Jamie? Because I had my accountability partner and I am not it for the accountability on that end. <laughs> in fact, this morning I was supposed to get up and go to the gym with my very best friend and I sent her a text at 4.15. I was like, nope, not today. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, it's so too you, early. So you aren't the accountability buddy either. Huh? No, no I, need, I need someone to come pick me out of bed. Yeah. My, account- my accountability buddy moved away and, oh man. You're so happy. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> no. So, all right, Jamie. Um, so tell us what we as a community can do to help you and your business continue to grow. Oh, um, you know, I'm in real estate and there's a couple of us around. A little bit, yeah. I have just loved learning about all the brokers in the community and there is plenty of real estate to go around. Um, I'd love to focus more on management as well communities, HOA communities that aren't happy with their management. I'd love to get into some of those and just see if we're a good fit for them. Um, I have agents that are amazing. We're fairly small. I have eight agents, but I want to make sure. So a part of Invictus is family is first. And I want to make sure that we maintain our integrity and character and you know, honesty throughout every real estate transaction. So I want to make sure that when we bring new agents in, that they're a good fit for our existing agents and that those agents represent Invictus well. Um, I don't want to bring in someone who may do something that reflects poorly on Invictus because it, A, reflects poorly on Invictus and it kind of takes away from other agents within Invictus that um, may not behave that same way. Um, just any real estate opportunity that we can be blessed to be a part of would be awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you this question and you may have an answer and you may not, (laughs) but is there anything else that you would like to add that I didn't ask you? Let me think. I had something on the tip of my tongue just before you asked me that last question. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, One thing I did want to say, uh, and it's just been kind of swirling in my mind, and one of my really good friends told me this in a not-so-direct kind of way, but it was in such a loving way, that we all come from a background, and we all didn't. Like, my husband had an amazing background and family and, you know, blah. Yeah. Mom and dad showed up to everything and we're so involved <laughs> and so great. And they're still married. And, you know, I think he got spanked once because, you know, he set his whole yard on fire or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> so I don't want to say all, but don't live by your past. Don't let it define you. Keep going. Like that is not who you are. You mm-hmm. still have the whole future in front of you and stop being Stop victimizing yourself, basically. Stop living through your past and look and keep pursuing your future. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. I appreciate you coming on today and telling us your story, going in a little bit deeper than what we could in the magazine initially. So I really appreciate that a lot. I loved it. 
Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on Locala Podcast. I am Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. We look forward to you joining us for our next episode. And today we'd like to thank our sponsor one last time, Shameless. 15 women share their journey of self-awareness, self-love, and leading with light. You can find this book on Amazon and we will have a link in the description. If you would like to see Jamie's story or any other story from our magazine, you can visit www.localamag.com. Once again, thank you for joining us on the Locala podcast, where we focus on connections through stories.